The Cambria Regional Chamber presents Where Adventure Lives, the podcast, where we explore recreation in our region and introduce you to recreation enthusiasts who live it, love it, and help make it happen. Welcome to another episode of Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. Before we get started, of course, I want to thank our sponsor, Remax Team Realtors. Uh, for supporting Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. The Bob Colvin team is ready to help you discover all of our area's adventures. You can find your perfect place at www.movetojohnstown.com or call anytime 814-262-7653. My guest today is Patrick Quinn, Executive Director for the Center for Metal Arts. Patrick, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me so much. appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, for folks who might not know that are listening, what is the Center for Metal Arts? Uh, CMA is a not-for-profit foraging school that has its home in, in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, in the former lower works of the Cambria Iron and Steel site, uh, then Bethlehem at, at 1923, but that's the, that's, the pot, that's the spot. CMA didn't originally start in Johnstown, correct? Correct, yeah. We started, uh, I took over the shop and what CMA was at that point in, in New York State in the lower Hudson Valley and uh, developed and ran the school there for three years, um, splitting my time between education and architectural ironwork business, um, trying the entire time to turn the tables from an architectural shop to a full-time school. And um, serendipitously at that point, I found the um, historic blacksmith shop in Johnstown and had scheduled a tour to go visit. And um, it just worked out really nicely, the timing um, for the discovery of that shop and what I was trying to turn CMA into at that point. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, the timing worked out great. And whenever you toured the Smith shop down there, did you did you look at the giant hammer when you were there at the time? And was that part of the, you know, what prodded you to maybe look at relocating to Johnstown? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I found an image of the of one of the industrial forging hammers on a social media site for blacksmiths. And when I did the research to figure out where it was, I called um, Richard from the Historical Society because that's all I really knew what to do. Um, and scheduled a tour just because the the kind of work that I do and the most of the workshops that CMA teaches revolve heavily around the, the safe and efficient use of pneumatic forging hammers. So as a power hammer blacksmith, I was immediately attracted to the shop and just I just scheduled a tour just to see it, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, well, it's pretty close. I love power hammers. Let's <laughs> check this out. And then during the tour, um, Richard had said that his goal and, and the city's goal was to see it be reopened um, by a not-for-profit forging organization that did artist residencies and workshops, not having any idea that's what I did. I, to him, I was just a stranger, and he was just telling this story. And then, of course, at that point, I said, well, that's exactly what I do in New York. And then um, he said, do you want to move your school here? and reopen the blacksmith shop. And I said, of course. So the thought of relocating the school to Johnstown um, didn't happen until on that tour with Richard. I didn't even think it would be a possibility. I just wanted to see the hammers. Yeah. yeah the history and everything like that. So When you got here, that hammer wasn't online, correct? Like it wasn't operational at all? No, none of them were. There's five hammers in the shop, and uh, this is the start of our sixth year in Johnstown, and uh, we currently have restored and are using two of the five hammers. 
Johnstown's kind of unique in that those hammers are the only ones outside of a museum right now, correct? Because well, the other ones are in mm-hmm. Carnegie or... Well, there's hammers like that throughout the country. Um, I, I wouldn't say specifically how many, but I would say there's probably five shops left in the country that run hammers like that. So they're few and far between. Few and far between. And then industrial forging is still an important part of society, um, and it still is active in America. But the industrial forging that remains in America is um, reserved for mostly for like defense contracts. Yeah. Um, So you can't send that kind of work overseas. Um, But um, there's not that many left in the country. Um, So it's a very, very special place. Yeah. That blacksmith shop in particular seems uniquely fitted to you because that when the mills were open, they were making all of their tools in that shop. They weren't buying off-the-shelf stuff from right. stores. Right. They were hand-forging all of their tools. And now that's exactly what you're doing there is you're hand-forging tools and teaching people those arts and passing that down. Correct. Yeah. I mean, as a, as, as a blacksmith and an educator, one of the most valuable things about our craft is the ability to make tools. And um, it's so important that all the other crafts, <clears throat> excuse me, in the in the world rely on the blacksmith for their tools, the chisels, for the masons, you know, the list goes on. So um, the ability to make tools is an important part of what we do. So even before the relocation to Johnstown, it was an important part of my practice and educational curriculum. So um, that combined with my interest and love of, of large-scale forging hammers made CMA's relocation to Johnstown just a perfect match. The reception seems to have been pretty positive so far. It is very positive. I mean, I think, you know, um, I don't really want to toot our own horns here, but <laughs> like what we're doing is exactly what adaptive reuse is. Yeah. I mean, it's like taking the space and using it as exactly what it was originally intended for, but with a modern and contemporary context. I want to get into some of the educational programs that you offer at CMA, but before we do that, What's your background? How did you come to blacksmithing and and educating in that space? So I I, um, I went to art school for undergrad at Alfred University, which is in Western New York, and they have a strong um, ceramics program there. But um, I I enrolled in and majored in the sculpture program there, so I was doing metal sculpture at Alfred, but it was a lot of casting and hollow form fabricated shapes um, out of sheet metal and stuff like that. So it was almost no forging. Um, And I look back at that experience in my life and I often think it's amazing now how comfortable I am in front of power hammers because there was a hammer at that shop, but our professor, and if he's listening to this, I'm sorry for throwing you under the bus, but <laughs> he put a two by four under the power hammer and smashed it and said, don't get your hands caught in there. Yeah. And so nobody used the power hammers, of course, because that was all we did. But now it's, the, it's you know, my livelihood. But um, so, yeah, so that was all fabrication and stuff. And then after that, I uh, moved to Vermont and got a job at a production blacksmith shop. Mm-hmm. And that's where I discovered the craft of forging. And um, that was sort of the beginning of the end. I just um, really fell in love with the process and the craft and everything like that. Um, <clears throat> and then 
had gotten interested in teaching and, and stuff like that and, and discovered there was a grad school in Southern Illinois that offered a Master of Fine Arts program specifically in forging. So I applied and enrolled in that program and um, teaching was a huge part of being enrolled in the grad program there. So um, continued to develop my curriculum and stuff like that at that at that school. And then after that was when I took over um, as shop manager at Center for Metal Arts as it existed in New York State and did that for three years. So nice. Yep. And with that said, then what kind of programs are offered at CMA? Um, all kinds, because um, the, the craft, it's it's so simple. Um, in, in the purest form, you're manipulating the material with heat and pressure, but within that small kind of those process boundaries, there's a, a very broad range of objects and things you can make with it. So we teach everything from, um, of course, as we mentioned earlier, tool making is a big part of what we do, but also um, traditional joinery stuff like a lot of woodworkers would be familiar with, um, like mortise and tenon. You can do all that kind of stuff in the forging process as well. And then um, architectural work, workshops, and certainly creative and sculptural stuff as well. Yeah. And we have you know, beginner one day sort of workshops where you can come, you've never done it before and you just want to try it all the way up through um, entirely scholarship funded uh, six week long intensive workshops. You offer one that we were talking before the podcast about that I'm very interested in and it's a bike frame making class. Yeah. And the folks that come in to teach that, Jared from Hope was telling me like, the, the girl that did it last year, she's like world renowned for frame building. Right. And she was teaching a class at CMA. How did how did that class go? And I see you have it again offered this year. That that class went really well. I mean, I think, you know, another thing that Johnstown really has going for it is outdoor recreation mm -hmm. and um, just becoming, you know, close good friends with Jared and David over there at Hope. Um, we kind of figured it would be a real, real nice synergy to sort of offer that as a as a workshop at CMA and, uh, you know, kind of dovetail that sort of experience with, with Hope Cyclery and all the trails around here and stuff like that. So you can spend the day um, fabricating your bike frame and then spend the afternoons and weekends riding the trails. It was really nice um, experience and we're looking forward to, you know, hopefully making that a, a every year sort of uh, program. Yeah, I yeah. saw some of the frames that came out of there. There were some unique frames, and yeah. I they were absolute works of art. I was fortunate enough to uh, be able to build my own after hours during that. <laughs> I had to sneak one in. I, it's been a dream of mine to build a frame ever since I started metalworking. So um, when the jigs were there and the instructor was there, I... I paid close attention, and then when the shop closed for the day, I snuck over to the jig and yeah, you know, tacked one together. Not imagine for you, for for somebody that's familiar with like the metal joining process, you probably put that together pretty fast. It, it was pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, I needed the guidance for the frame geometry and the tube thickness and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, once we were able to get my frame size figured out and my tubes ordered. Um, yeah, I sort of went off on my own to miter all the tubing and cut all the lengths and everything. And then when the jig was open, I could jump in there, tack weld my frame together and pull it out really fast so that I couldn't, I didn't take it away from the students, you know? Yeah. So the big question is then how's the bike ride? 
awesome. It's my favorite bike. Really? Yeah. All steel, so it, it rides like a nice steel yeah, bike. Yeah, it's all steel. You know, I'm really into like old road bike geometry. Um, yeah. But I've always wanted to be able to put like thicker tires on a road bike. And so this was my opportunity to make that a reality. Nice. Yeah. So you've got a good gravelly road bike yeah. then on your hands. Yeah, of course, consulted Jared a lot too about, you know, the kind of gear you need to get after the frame is built. And, and Megan was the instructor, so she helped me when you know they they kind of work with you on what you want to get out of your frame and help you design it so and megan is not teaching the next one this year it is jacqueline mountner correct yeah where's she from uh you'll have to forgive me i'm not exactly <laughs> entirely sure off the top of my head but i have to i have so many instructors that i'm keeping track of right now i have to consult my list to know some of that specific yeah, yeah yeah outside of the educational opportunities you have a bunch of other opportunities for folks that might not have the financial means. You have scholarships and assistantships and residencies as well. Right. Yeah. So our scholarship program is really important part of how CMA functions. And one of the aspects um, that I'm really most proud of and, um, you know, my goal, I think, just to be as straightforward as possible is to offer the best possible education I can in the craft of forging. Um, And then sort of immediately after that, I I want it to be free if it can be. Yeah. Um, It's a really expensive school to run. And it's really a, a it's a big commitment for the student to come to CMA. Right. They have to leave their job or their family or take their paid time off or whatever to do it. So, you know, teaching is something that I take very seriously because I understand the commitment that the student displays to participate in the workshop. And we all know how hard it is to afford recreation and stuff like this at at this point. And although there are outlets for what we teach on a professional level, it still is difficult for the general student to afford um, the workshop and everything like that. So we uh, collectively raise a lot of money every year for our scholarship fund. And so a a lot of these six-week and four-week programs that we do are entirely scholarship funded. So if you get enrolled in the workshop, it's free for you. All you have to do is get yourself here and feed yourself. Oh, that's fantastic. You have housing now too. Right. Yeah. We, um, we have the rectory next to the Grand Hall in Cambria City as our main CMA house, and that houses um, 10 people. And so that's a, a really short walk to the shop. So the location is really perfect. And uh, as we started to develop these long-term programmings, um, you know, communal housing was a really important um, aspect to making that successful. Uh, it'd be really difficult to stay in like a Holiday Inn or something like that yeah. for six weeks, right? And then a big part of what we do is bring bring people together. So when you're coming to Johnstown from all over the world and um, you're working with this master in the craft, and then so you spend all day with them in the shop, but then you go to the house and you're cooking dinner 
maybe you have a beer or something and there's this like social atmosphere that is is a really important part of what we do as well so people come here they learn a lot about the craft but they also make friends for life and and get to know the instructors and other students on a more personal level which is also educational we've been fortunate enough to meet some of your students they'd show up on the the friday night chiller yeah. rides yeah, yeah. And, and we were wondering why these people would show up for a couple of weeks and then we'd never see them again and, and i think it was jared or david one of them was like ah they're from Center for Metal Arts. They're staying down in Cambria City and just wanted to go for a ride. Uh, we met a number of people that way, actually. Yeah. Uh, so they're getting out and enjoying the community when they're here. Right, right. Um, and I think, like, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I, I love Johnstown, and um, I think CMA is, is an important part of its revitalization. I'm not tooting our own horn or anything like that, but um, one thing that I think is really important that we that happens a natural like sort of result of CMA is, is these people they come from all over the world and they come to this city and they're interested in the forging education that CMA offers but just like myself you quickly get interested in the industrial heritage of the city and then realize there's these other awesome things happening in the community as well specifically with like outdoor recreation and stuff like that and then they leave Johnstown and they go to all four corners of the world singing its praises. And so it's really providing this very positive public image for the city that's that's that has worldwide reach, which I think is awesome. Absolutely. You can't beat some good word of mouth praise like that. Uh, so, yeah, that's absolutely integral into getting people from outside of the area here and enjoying the stuff that we have. Uh, you guys also have a conference that you put on the Cambria Iron Conference. That's right. that's in September. Yeah, and that's that's a yearly event, and that um, that's our uh, first sort of um, initiative to open the historic blacksmith shop and and run the hammers for the public to see. Mm -hmm. And so this will be our third. Um, Wow, our fourth one, <laughs> um, and you know it grows it grows every year, and it's really exciting. But it's for, you know, that shop was built in uh, 1864, ran continuously as a forge shop for the Johnstown Steel industry until 1992, but you couldn't enter without an employee badge. Yeah, and so now that CMA has access to it, and the doors are open to the public to learn and appreciate and celebrate. This is sort of our first, you know, once we started restoring the hammers, we were said so we gotta, we've gotta, you know, let the public come and appreciate all this sort of stuff. So that's really what that event is. It, it's it's um, a, a visiting instructor every year who comes to demonstrate on the hammers, but it's a real celebration of the reuse of these facilities that have spent, you know, 125 years or so uh, making parts for industry, helping America grow. Um, but now CMA is giving them a second life of, of creativity and education and historic preservation. And the, the whole community can come see those hammers function now, which is really exciting. And all too often around here, uh, once a building exceeds its, exceeds its usefulness, we just drive a bulldozer through it and <laughs> that's the end of it. So the, the fact that you were able to take these buildings that were blacksmith shops and keep them operating as a blacksmith shop to promote that art is, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's what made this the, the move here perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, Patrick, is there anything that I missed that you would like to talk about? 
I don't I don't know. I think that was pretty thorough. <laughs> I um, think so. Well, yeah. for more, where can people find out more information then? Centerformetalarts.org. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram. And um, we post a lot about everything that's going on there, of course. And that's at Center for Metal Arts. Um, but, you know, we're also super friendly and, and can stop by or give a call or whatever. So fantastic and i'll share the links to all of your sites in the show notes for this as well so okay. people can easily get to them cool patrick thank you for stopping in today i appreciate yeah, it yeah thanks for having me it's a lot of fun you're welcome thank you patrick quinn from the center for metal arts for stopping in and chatting with us today all kinds of exciting things going on down there on iron street be sure to check them out again links to all of their information are down below in the show notes if you want to find something else out i also want to thank our sponsors remax team realtors for supporting where adventure lives the podcast the bob colvin team is ready to help you discover all of our area's adventures you can find your perfect place at www.movetojohnstown.com give them a call at any time 814 that's 262-7653. That's a wrap on another episode. Next week's is going to be interesting. We're going to flip things uh, on their head a little bit, I guess. Uh, you don't want to miss that. Until then, I'm your host, Mike Cook. Thanks for joining us on, on Where Adventure Lives, the podcast. <laughs>